right, welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea speaking live, recorded live from Spokane. I am joined by, with Dimity McDowell. Here I am, not in Denver anymore. Nope. And Molly Williams. Hello, hello, hello. Yes. So we are delighted to be back in Spokane here at the Fleet Feet owned by Wade and Julie Pinnell. And this is our second time. We've had a party here in their awesome CrossFit box. That's what you call this, right? I... <laughs> Isn't that what you call a CrossFit gym? You're a assuming box? I've been to a CrossFit class before in my life. Yeah, which and is Molly's no. just sitting there like, I don't know. I don't know. A wad. I know what a wad is. Oh, Workout yeah. of the day. It smells good. Oh, work. oh okay. It smells good. <laughs> <laughs> And not too long ago, they were really hot guys. We uh, stopped by yesterday, and oh, there was a really fine-looking rower, as a matter of fact, <laughs> with his shirt off. Um, wow, Sarah, that's so unlike you to notice the hot guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just take me to Trader Joe's. I'll point them all out. Um, so I got to say, this is a lot different from recording in the basement guest bedroom with just my cat Miller watching and perhaps Dimity's dog Mason watching her. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I'm usually staring at a picture. You know what I always stare at, Sarah? What? No. Um, a picture of me and my sister, Sarah. Uh-huh. Um, I had a picture framed of us after we finished the Nike Women's Marathon. It's she and I crossing the finish line with our arms up. And then one, the picture below it is me giving her a big fat kiss on the cheek. Uh-huh. But that was 2007. And yeah. here we are in 2016, almost a decade later. I know. still running like a mother. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that 20, we, we have milked these 26.2 miles <laughs> like for every bit of sweat they're worth? Yeah, I know. But look at this. It's like, you know, the same awesome types of faces that were there at Nike Women. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. So, yeah. So we are delighted to be here. And uh, we're going to be joined in a little while by Sage Roundtree, our guest, who is a renowned yogi a triathlon coach, a author, all-around great person. So this morning we all went running, huh, here in lovely Spokane? We sure did. Yeah. <laughs> so Molly, you and I ran with Jana, the executive director of Another Mother Runner. Yes. And we were very delighted to uh, hear a voice. I don't even know what you said to us. It sounded like a child yelling out to I us. I said, wait for me, wait for me. Oh, no I wonder said. it sounded like a child. <laughs> so you guys were finishing up your run over oh. one of the many bridges that go over the, is it the Spokane, Spokane River. Spokane River. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I saw, I mean, I was like, okay, it's three women together. I saw the bright uh, kind of orange, right? Uh-huh. Coral. Uh-huh. Coral. Yeah, I knew you were going to correct my color there because I didn't have it right. Um, the run for your life tank. Uh-huh. Run and like I, there's no tomorrow. Run like there's more. Like, yeah. yeah. Either one or the other. You're still going like <laughs> right. balls to the wall, right? Yep. Yep. And I was like, that's got to be them. And I was just setting out. And so I said, yeah, wait for me. Because then you guys were taking a selfie too, which always uh-huh. makes me know like that it's you guys, right? Because uh-huh. like, <laughs> if you didn't have a picture, then the run didn't happen, right? Right. right. But so what I thought was particular, not only that you ran into us, well, we were so um, pleased to have found that bridge. We had seen it, and it's kind of one of the footbridge suspension bridges that's over the falls or near the falls, kind of the base of the falls. And um, so that was awesome that you ran into us, that we had found that but then it was so fantastic because I was wearing a coral tank top and blue swirled Saucony bullet caprice and you're wearing a blue Saucony top and kind of orange it, they coral. were not coral okay but orange, yeah, they're orange. <laughs> but in the photo with an Instagram tint on it you know it looked so uh people were like oh that's so we were color coordinated yeah yep. yeah and the beauty of it was I was not going to run this morning so I am rooming with um coach MK who is heading up our heart rate challenges on the train like a mother club and she was like I got 10 miles at 6 a.m you want to come and I was like 
yeah, yeah, I'll decide in the morning, but sure, sure. And then I, I knew, you know, at about, you know, she asked me at 8.03, at about 8, or 8.03 p.m., at about 8.05, I was like, there is no way I'm running 10 miles tomorrow morning, but I'll just let her believe I'm coming. Um, so, uh, so then I was just kind of like lazing around, because when do you ever get to laze around in a hotel room as a mom, right? Have a quiet hotel room, got to watch the Angelina Brad news, right? Oh, yeah, you got to see what's yeah. going on with that. Yeah. And, um, and I had my computer up, and I was like, oh, I'll just sit here. And, and then I was like, no, you know, a, I'm at lower altitude than I am in Denver, which is mm-hmm. always exciting for me. I always feel like a rock star. Um, and then also I just knew like, you know, a run always helps you deal with the day ahead. And we've had a busy day preparing for this awesome retreat and awesome podcast. So I went and then I saw you guys. So it was all meant to be. I know it was meant to be. It really was. So you ladies have races this weekend, huh? <laughs> I'm emceeing a race. I'm yeah, yeah, I know. Girl. That's the easier part. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Um, what, what, what distance are you running, Molly? Uh, the 10K. I'm excited about it. Are you? It's supposed to be challenging and partially on trail and excited to get out there and take every hill and meet every challenge. And, and eat it for breakfast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something I, like that. You know, and have you been trained? Like, are you... Have you been training with this in mind, or well, have I've you been, just I've kind been, of running in general? I've been training for a half marathon. Oh, what a, super, a super challenging half yeah, marathon. Yeah, which is a trail run in oh. November. So I've been uh, training with this in, in mind as well, and just looking forward to embracing it. What Which trail race are you doing? It's a Silver Falls half marathon. Uh-huh. And so it's a... Up and down into a canyon. If anybody has ever been to Silver Falls State Park in Oregon, it's in Oregon. Yeah, mm-hmm. is, isn't it the most gorgeous thing? I, it should be a national park. If anybody hasn't been there, they should go. But uh, you go down into a canyon, and I think there are—is th- it 13 waterfalls? waterfalls. A whole bunch of waterfalls. 13.1, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the point was just really little. Uh, who knows? I'm making it all up. But anyway, there's a bunch of waterfalls within this canyon. You go, go in and out. And it uh-huh. should be fun. Awesome. Yeah, and it's a super challenging half marathon. Yeah, that yeah, is, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. This Happy Girls race sounds like an excellent race. Mm-hmm. Really fun, challenging race. Sounds like there's going to be a lot of elevation. Yeah, how much vert? That's how you, like, you know when you're a trail runner, you, you don't say vertical. You say, how much vert? How much vert does it have? <laughs> I don't even want to know, but it's going to be fun. It's gonna <laughs> okay, be fun. And I get to be good. here with all these women. I yeah. mean, that's so wonderful. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, it's going to be yeah, fun. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. And, Dim, you're doing the half? Um, yep, it appears so. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, or that's your so story as of today. So we have not really figured out. That's another uh, conversation I've had with MK. So I think she's going to run the 10K. So we have two groups of our heart rate people here. Um, we are well represented. We have people who have come for their goal race. So this is their, you know, their race that they've been training for for 20 weeks. And then we also have people who are using this as a training race. Um, I think that um, I will probably run with people who are doing a training race because um, I'm going to try to do my best to go fast in the Twin Cities 10 miler in about um, two weeks after this. So um, can't burn up the Bonneville, as you know. So. Uh, so we'll see. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, it's supposed to be a beautiful course, and I'm all about trail races and seeing beautiful scenery and stopping to take pictures and chatting with people. I mean, that's, it's our party, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the race is. So. Mm-hmm. I think you're really, really going to love this race. Good. It's challenging. Scree. Scree. Melissa, what's scree? Everyone's all worried about, like, scree. They said, oh, my gosh, what is scree? Scree is loose rock on a trail. It's not like avalanche rock. It's just little pebbles. But... Um, a lot of people like from Florida and maybe like I would say west maybe of the Mississippi or east of the Mississippi, but even there's scree in like Maryland and stuff. Yeah, and, just and not in Appalachia. Florida. There's yeah. alligators in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, and since Molly's on, we do have to talk about uh, hashtag found change um, because Mo- found a quarter. 
Yep. Oh, oh my God, those acorns are deadly. No, 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 a quarter. A oh, quarter. found a quarter. But found a quarter. Oh, you I thought you were talking about the acorns, though. Honest to God, that, like, Riverside Park, what's it called? Uh, like, where they have all the, you know, the amusement rides and stuff. Riverfront Park, walking. I am so glad I had a baseball hat on. Those acorns are the size of a quarter, <laughs> and they come down and pelt you on the head. I, I got hit the twice. The squirrels are there just throwing. There's Timothy. <laughs> go, go. <laughs> so, yeah, so found change. So uh, I kicked things off last night, found a penny walking back from... Didn't yeah, count. But, it, yeah, I did. <laughs> and then, um, yes, and then this morning... Did count. Yes. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so we were running with John, and Molly had the inside, which it's... Tell your theory, Molly, about the in... Oh, oh yeah, take the inside. The, the money's on the inside. Yeah, so I saw the inside... Jonna saw the inside, I saw the quarter as well. She didn't put her foot on top of it and then like block yeah. while she picked up, why I picked it up. And uh, yeah, she said, I actually saw it first. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, so no. she wasn't going to take me up. Jonna, where are you? Yeah. She yeah. doesn't she's know like, the rules. She, no, she's from Texas. Yeah, so, so Molly, nice. put her, Molly put her foot on it. And I mean, they both yelled out at the same time. But you're still going to win. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You still find more than I do. So, <laughs> so, so I and was like, wow, Johnny, you, you didn't even put up a fuss. Yeah, and she was like, yeah, I knew I didn't. Yeah, yeah, it was a glorious yeah. win for me. And then you later found a penny, and I remind you, that did not count either. Right, right, I yeah. found a penny mm -hmm. at the hotel. Yes, yeah. so, but the quarter, so that was the second quarter you found this week. God loves me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. We, talk, we really celebrated the quarter you found the other day, because, I mean, in a year, you maybe will find at most 10 quarters, wouldn't you say? And you found two in one week. Oh. I mean, that's pretty, yeah. God does love you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, and I do have to say that we have um, Samantha here joining us for the retreat. Samantha, raise your hand. Where are you? There you go. And she is, she was on our Found Change podcast episode. She is the mother runner from God San Antonio. God loves her more. Yeah. Much, <laughs> much, much more. Yeah. She's from San Antonio. And um, it's kind of like Molly and I are like recreational tennis players. And Samantha is Serena Williams, who has shown up on the court. <laughs> so the game is on. Um, and I mean, I was, I was. Actually, I was very proud of Molly for finding that quarter. Yeah. $100 on the course, Samantha. You got it? Yeah, stay yeah. away Happy from girls. us, Samantha. Yeah. 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 So we won't let you cross the finish line until you have at least $100 in your little pockets. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, before we welcome our guests, we're going to take a break to hear from our partner and stay tuned. So we're now joined by Sage Roundtree, a longtime friend of Another Mother Runner who has been on our podcast before. Sage is a renowned yogini, author, and coach, and also the creator of Core Strength for Real People, which we're going to have her talk about at length on this podcast. Welcome, Sage. Thanks. Glad to be here. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so Sage, your bio is long and impressive, and you're certainly the best person to explain all you do. So share an overview with the folks about all the things you do in your professional life. I live in Chapel Hill, Carborough, North Carolina. Carborough is a tiny town that's encompassed by the Chapel Hill Address. So that's the university town in the middle of the state. And I own there three yoga studios. I do some endurance sports coaching, do some endurance racing myself, and specialize in yoga for athletes. So I've written several books on the subject. Also write for Yoga Journal and Runner's World on that subject. And I am a real person. 
<laughs> You're not just Despite a mirage my sitting name, here. <laughs> which might sound like an imaginary name, but that is my real name. I, my parents got sage from the Burpee Seed Catalog, and I got Roundtree from my husband. <laughs> the Burpee Seed Catalog, I love that. They were not quite hippies. They were bluegrass musicians, which is a special subset. <laughs> and they literally wanted a flower name, so they went flipping through the Burpee Seed Catalog until they came up with sage. And then they went, and my brother has a spectacular name. His name is John Hamilton. Oh. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I was Sage Hamilton. <laughs> and um, you are the mother of two daughters, is that right? Two girls, Lily and Vivian, are 15 and 13. And uh, so um, one of them is 15 going on 40, right? Yes, yeah. she, she was born 40, as I was telling yeah. you earlier, yeah. Dimity. Yes, she's uh, extremely um, capable. Person, yes. I think many <laughs> of us are jealous done. of that. Yeah. Of who are mothers of non-capable children? <laughs> mom, 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 mom. Can you do this? Can you do that? Come on, mom. <laughs> so, and Sage, you're joining us because you are once again joining us for our retreat. So, thank you for being a part of it for a second year in a row. I'm delighted to be here. The per retreat participants are so sweet and fun, and we're already having a great time doing some yoga together. Nice, nice. So, oh, I think you're up. Oh. Uh, so, Sage, <clears throat> you do a lot with core strength. Uh, MK was talking about core strength and uh, this lower abdomen area. The TVA, transverse abdominis. Mm. Thank the deep you. Deep core. Yes. Yeah. How do you get there? <laughs> I mean, I can't, I, you know, I, I do all the things, uh -huh. and I, I can't do the things. <laughs> okay, I think I see the problem already, because when Molly says, I do all the things, I it's like she's things. on an ab rocker. Do y'all remember the ab rocker? <laughs> Does that work? She's, she's sitting, but she's doing a crunch like she's on an ab rocker, and if you want to find the TVA, that's not the way to do it. That's working your most superficial abs. Rectus abdominis, your six-pack or eight-pack abs. Is she this, has an eight-pack. Molly has an eight-pack. Yeah. I, I, I got a two-liter. <laughs> uh, so uh, is this going to hurt? Is this going to hurt? <laughs> right. I won't lie. Yeah, tell it, me. It will feel, as I like to say, spicy. But that doesn't mean that it's going to hurt. It might hurt the next day, mm -hmm. but it just hurts when you laugh like you were at a really good sleepover. Remember that feeling? <laughs> like when you just laugh so much that the next day your abs are sore? Yeah. That's the feeling that you're going for. Okay. Especially for your deeper core muscles like the TVA that MK was talking about. Those are support muscles for your entire body. They're postural muscles. They're not big power muscles. So they're designed to be clicked on for most of the day. Yeah, I like it. Now you're no longer doing the app. Most of the There's day? some body language. Most of the day or five minutes? Like... <laughs> Most of the day. Like okay. sitting up, you should be using the core muscles. And we had a sweet discussion in one of my sessions this afternoon about core. Ooh, does that mean abs? And the answer is yes, and it means a lot more than just abs. So it's not just that ab rocker movement that gets you into your rectus abdominis. You need to access your entire core. And the analogy I used with the group this afternoon is that you can think of your core like a cube. And when you think about the abs and the ab rocker action in your APAC, you're just thinking about the front of that cube, the front of that box. But the box has six sides. 
So it's got two sides on the left and the right, and those are your obliques. Those are the muscles that crisscross the side of your waist and give you the illusion of the hourglass or the actual hourglass. But you also, of course, have muscles in the back, and those muscles are really critical. And if you spend all day in your chair and then driving the carpool, then you start to overstretch those muscles as though you spend all day in your ab rocker. Effectively, it's about the same thing. You get short and tight in the front and overstretched in the back. So we need to do some extension exercises. Think bird dogs, um, locust pose from yoga. All the, It's like basically giving your baby tummy time. Remember that poor baby when you put him down for tummy time? And he's like, oh, oh, oh. I hate this mom. So you feel a little yeah. bit like that, I yeah. got to say. But you need to work your back muscles so that the back of the cube is strong. That sounds better. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah, so you're starting to think, oh, I see how this might be good for my posture, particularly at the end of a race. I have an athlete, Ruffin Powell, who <laughs> describes in her workout log so beautifully, oh, by the end of that run, I was really shrimping. Shrimping. <laughs> shrimping. Yeah. And yeah. you can see the exact image. Yeah, you start to shrimp and your body becomes a question mark or a cashew nut. It becomes a, a shrimp. And we don't want that. We need to have our back strong. The boxo then has four sides, but it also has a top and a bottom. And here's where we can have a little real talk. The top of the box is your breathing diaphragm. And you'll be using that breath in everything you do, because I sure hope you're breathing all day. Whether or not you're engaging your TVA all day, that's up to you, but I really want for you to be breathing all day. But the most important part of the box, if you want to carry anything in the box, is the bottom of the box. Is that the pelvic floor? You know it. Oh, <laughs> it's part of the box near the box. Oh, yeah. You know it. And the happy news there is that the pelvic floor is necessarily going to engage if you're doing your core strength work well, but, it might be time to talk to an expert. There are all kinds of reasons why you might want to seek out a physical therapist who can do some pelvic floor work with you. And this may be descriptive work, or it may be manual work. It's really, really useful because the, think of if you wanted to transport books from house to house, you need a strong bottom to the box. If yeah. you don't have incontinence, is that really an issue? Or yeah, well, yes, and especially think about the audience here for our podcast. There's mothers. a lot of leaking going on. Yeah, and whether yeah. or not you even had a vaginal delivery, just carrying will make the pelvic floor. So even if you don't have incontinence, it's still important. It's to... still important. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But like I say, the happy news is you're already going to be working those muscles if you do good core exercises. Mm -hmm. So what I have in core strength for real people is short, doable, and by short, I mean like between three and 15, 20 minutes. So nothing is that much of a commitment. Videos with me, a real person, modeling pretty much to the best of my ability, which is not aesthetically the most beautiful thing either. It's real people. Um, modeling these routines that you can do at home. Right after your run is a really good time to throw in some core strength because, hey, you're already in the clothes, you just get down on the floor. You're at home, so you're following along on the video. Nobody's watching. And you can download them to your device or you can stream them right online. And they're all at corestrengthforrealpeople.com. And I put up a new one every month. They're kind of yoga. They're kind of Pilates, they're kind of functional movement, and they're kind of just creative. Because your core muscles, like all of your muscles, but particularly these deep stabilizing muscles, they benefit a whole lot from challenge and novelty. If you always do the same core routine all the time, like yeah. <laughs> Molly with her ab rocker, you know, you're gonna get really good at doing the ab rocker, but particularly, 
to knock on the ab rocker, that's only ever gonna move you in that one plane of motion because it's a device. But when you free yourself from the device and just start moving your body in all directions, that's when you learn to engage it in a variety of situations. And that's where you can have better functional movement. You do have excellent posture. Well, it's it. because I know everybody's looking at me. In but fact, you Molly, do. I Even have when I wasn't looking crummy at you, posture. posture. No. I have crummy posture, but I can click it on when I want to. <laughs> Every time I've seen you, you've had excellent posture. <laughs> it's a prereq. You have good to be a yoga structure. It's a prereq. I swear to God, they like float through the room. And I'm like clomping on my mat. Yeah. So I love that in one of the videos you acknowledged that. Um, you might not be able to see the results because of some padding, you say, <laughs> um, but that you're going to be able to feel it. So could you talk a little bit more about that, please? Absolutely. Yeah, the, a tagline I like to use for core strength for real people is you don't have to see your abs to care about your abs. Mm -hmm. But remember, it's not just about the abs. Mm -hmm. You definitely feel it. I wish I could promise you, you know, oh, you're going to see it mm -hmm. or it's going to feel like X, Y, or Z, but I can't say that. And it's really tough to prove what you averted. But if you can get regular about paying attention to your posture, to your core strength, you will definitely notice that things feel better. And it isn't just like things around your back or things around the front of your core. It's in your knees, it's in your ankles, it's in your neck, it's in your ability to lift things, and it's in your running time. It's pretty yeah. cool. And I mean, it's in, your, it's in the times that you'll see on your you know, GPS you know, after a race or after a run, because Absolutely. if you have this solid core to be firing off of in mm -hmm. your run, you know, you can go that much faster, that much further. Exactly. It makes you more efficient. Mm -hmm. There you go. Well, so let's go back to, um, we talked a little bit about how the 2007 Nike Women's Marathon, so Run Like a Mother came out in 2010, and I am um, nearly 6'4", and I have been plagued with lower back pain my, almost my entire life. And um, it was really, really bad. I was going to read, um, I couldn't run, I couldn't bike, like getting out of bed hurt. Went to the doctor, and of course, I wanted a shot. I wanted a pill, I wanted something, right? I didn't want to have to work anymore <laughs> to make the pain go away, because God damn it, I work really hard all the time. Um, and he suggested Pilates. Um, and I had written about the core because I believe everything you say, um, and, I, and I, you know, I trust everything you say, but I, had, I hadn't developed that for myself. And so I'm at the Tattered Cuffer in 2010. Um, I, one of the, the, the core chapter from Run Like a Mother had been excerpted in the Denver Post, which prompted um, a woman named Marcia to um, come, and she introduced herself and gave me her card. And um, we started on Pilates together, one-on-one, -on -one. And it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. And I'm talking pelvic tilts. Mm -hmm. I'm talking barely moving my hips, lying on the floor with my feet on the floor and just moving my hip bones back and forth a couple inches, but engaging the right muscles to do that. Um, and I mean, I still have a little bit of back pain, but nothing like that. And I, so I, I, I absolutely endorse what you're saying. It's not sexy. And I remember there are times, I mean, I remember specifically saying out loud once driving to our house, I'm like, I do not want to go to this right now, <laughs> you know, because it's so hard and kind of boring, mm -hmm. and, but it's so hard, right? Um, but now, um, with uh, MK's been brought up a couple times and we're really talking about the transverse abdominis and trying, because that is the support muscle, that is the thing that binds you together, helps you stand up straight, it's, it's like, the special magic, right? If it you is. have it. Yeah. 
It's like the shrink wrap. It's the shrink wrap, right? And one thing you can do, um, and that I do, and I, I wonder if you have this in your videos, I've seen a couple of your videos, but just lying on your back with your knees up and then bent 90 degrees. I mean, mm -hmm. and then if you kind of march your feet one and down, mm -hmm. holy hard, mm -hmm. right? And still holy hard for me seven, six and a half years yeah. later doing it, it, right? It, it should remain hard. Yeah. As one of our teachers says, Pilates is easy if you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it requires intense focus, right? It but does, and it, it's a mind-body modality like yoga. Yeah. I love it as a compliment to yoga. Yes. It definitely will, if, if you happen to care about achieving particular yoga poses, Pilates will get you a shortcut. Wow, into, cool. into several of those poses, including all the Instagrammable arm balances. <laughs> <laughs> if you care about all that I stuff. want is the crow, man. Yeah. If I could just do the crow, forget the handstand, yeah. man. I don't need that. I don't yeah. need that. Yeah. The other thing, um, and we've talked about this in the heart rate a lot, but um, you talked about your runner who at the end, I mean, we all are slouched over. Mm -hmm. We're all doing the comma pose. We're all just like, oh my God, where is the stupid finish line? Um, a big thing we talk about is locking your cage, mm -hmm. which is again, yep. good posture. Yep. And one of the things that's really easy to do, we can do it right here, is if you bring your arms down and put your elbows trying to get to your sides, you can lock your cage, right? Then your cage is locked. Okay, right? Is that right? Sure. Yeah, so I mean, if you are running and you wanna know if you have good posture, just stop and try to bring your arms down to your elbows. I mean, or not stop, but just run along. Bring your elbows down to your body. Yeah. Elbows down to your sides because you gotta be, you can't do it like this, right? Like you got chicken arms then. So if you do it like this, and I often do that, especially towards the end of a run, and you'd be amazed at how much putting yourself up vertically mm -hmm. gives you more power and more energy mm -hmm. on mile 12, on mile 13, on my, an hour or two of a run. It's yep. true. Yep. Yeah, you gotta run tall. And the one thing we haven't talked about vis-a-vis -vis the core that we really should talk about are the glutes. Like we need to talk about your butt. <laughs> That's because a good title of a book. It's like something like Mindy Kaler to write. We need to talk about your butt. <laughs> yeah. Your butt really matters. And that's where I bet Pilates was very helpful for your low back pain wasn't just the box of the core that I'm talking about, but surrounding that bottom box, the pelvic floor, are the muscles that activate around the hip. And the stronger you can get in the glutes, the better you're going to be. And so how do you, do you have glute exercises in your Sure. Bridge, squats, lunges, leg kicks, clamshells, and there are a lot Clam of Clamshells, that's another things. one. Yep. Kicks your ass every single time. It right? feels like an ice pick stuck in the side of your hip. Yes. And it should continue to feel like that because it's easy if you're doing it wrong, but you want to consistently challenge yourself to the level where you have to adapt. Yeah. So you mentioned yoga. Uh, you have a new yoga book debuting yes. next year. Tell us a little bit about that. This book is called Lifelong Yoga. It began its life as yoga for aging athletes, but nobody Ooh. wants to admit that they <laughs> are aging. aging. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a collaborator, my protege, Alexandra Deciata, who's a beautiful writer and a Pilates and yoga teacher, uh, who's co-writing the book with me. And she said, well, we could call it yoga for healthy aging, except there's that word again aging. So one day, after only half a cup of coffee, it came to me. <laughs> Lifelong yoga. And it'll be published by North American Books next summer. And it's, it's, let's see if I can get the provisional subtitle right. Maximizing your core strength, balance, and flexibility in your 50s, 60s, and beyond. Mm -hmm. Although I think anybody could start a lifelong yoga practice early. And the 
ways that we need to adapt the practice as we age are really critical for you to know as soon as possible so you know what you're looking at and what you're working with because sometimes the changes that come with age are <laughs> exponential. <laughs> Every year it's like twice as much and four times as much and eight times as much a difference as what you used to have. And a lot of what is taught in yoga studios around North America these days is pretty intense. It's workout yoga. And that's great. If people aren't otherwise moving their bodies, I'm delighted to have them in a power, power flow practice. But for y'all as runners, you need a, ba a balance practice, a practice that isn't too intense, a practice that doesn't overwork your upper body. And that's where lifelong yoga, I think, is going to be a great help to everybody, not just athletes, but everyone. I got to say, I don't like to go to yoga class where I feel like it's a competition. Right. Like it's, it's actually like, yep. stop me going to yoga. Right. Yeah. Because you're getting your competitive nature met in other places. And that's what I always say at the start of my yoga for athletes classes. Yoga for athletes is not athletic yoga. It's yoga for tight and tired people. <laughs> <laughs> that is a class that draw me in. A right? class yep. for tired people. Mm -hmm. Molly, would you go to that class? I can't sit cross-legged. So I don't. No, we don't so sit down. I, I go to yoga and I've got to like get the teacher ahead of time. I'm like, I can't do anything. I can't even sit. Yep. And and I need yoga because I need. No, I mean this is like as far. This is this is good for me. I'm because two glasses of wine I can cross my legs. <laughs> uh, and I I would I need that class. And I'm very very young. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah. And so I applaud you, and I want that class, and I want to work that class into my life. Well, good. And you can find it online. Come to my website. It's agerontree.com. And at yogavibes.com, I have tons of, like, dozens of versions, of recorded versions of my Yoga for Athletes class. In that class, I can always tell who's new to the room because he or she is sitting at the start of class. And you know, you usually go into yoga class, and the teacher breezes in, and she says, begin by taking a comfortable seat. And, and it's I'm like, really where tough. Is the comfortable where is the comfortable seat? seat? <laughs> I need three pads and some socks. Right. And a couple bolsters. Oh, yeah. Right. And if the goal of the yoga practice, as it is outlined in the seminal text of yoga, is to get you ready to sit for meditation, then the comfortable seat is the end point not the starting point. So I can, like I say, I can tell when people are new because they're sitting up. They think that's how yoga starts. And all the regulars are lying down. Interesting. Yeah, we rarely sit now in my class. Now I know. Now I know. <laughs> I'm coming, I'm coming. Okay, so are you, are you competing at all, training all these days? Are you doing any triathlons or all Why, I'm running the Happy Girls 5K on Saturday. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> woo, So we'll have the trifecta among the three of us. Yes, 5K, 10K, yeah. half. Look Very for that good, good posture. Yes, I, know, right? exactly. I will try over 5K to have a good posture and to be cheering for you guys. Uh, so much of my work is done on the weekends. Sure. That it, leading teacher trainings and teaching at festivals and traveling to wonderful events like this, it's kind of unconscionable for me to then take even more time away. So that's one part of it. But after I wrote my book, Racing Wisely, I felt like I had kind of like handed over the keys to the castle of everything that I had learned from racing. And I, my urge was just gone. Your fire burned out. And that's out. cool. Yeah, yeah it's totally like, cool. That's fun. So I love to run. I love to run in the woods with my friends. And we do workouts. I just consider it like all guts, no glory. And that's kind of fun. That's awesome. So as a coach and author of Racing Wisely, any last minute tips for the gals who might be running Happy Girls? You need to know what you're doing there. Like, why are you there? And it's useful if you get clear on that before the race actually starts. Because once the race starts, it's really easy to change your mind 
<laughs> say, oh, I didn't mean to do this. I'm just going to go run, yeah, with the, with the, with the folks who are in it. Yeah, happy girl. Yeah, how can I be useful? And that's fine. <laughs> it's good to be useful. But if you started thinking, wait, I need to see where I really am, or I need to run the first mile in X amount and then see what happens, whatever your goal is, it's totally fine with me, but you need to toe the line with some idea of what you're doing there, why you're there in the first place. Otherwise, what are you doing there at all? Oh, what are you doing there, Molly? I'm just gonna run. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So you're I just there to run. Want to have a good time? Well, you did say that you're using it as a train through for That's your it. half marathon. That's right. Yeah, it's all about form. Mm -hmm. It's all about form. There That's you go. My, that's my motto. <laughs> It's good, and time on the trails is never a bad thing, especially when you're training for a trail race. That's, that's good, but I think that's a really good advice because I think, I remember, um, again, way back in the day, this is like the retro-dimity podcast, but, um, <laughs> but uh, interviewing Summer Sanders, she was the you know, Olympic swimmer, and she was on the uh, cover of Runner's World. It was probably like four years ago now, um, but she was very clear on different races. Mm -hmm. In some races, she goes with her girlfriends, yeah. And some races she goes to rip it up for her, you know, which is like a sub three hour marathon or not quite, but real, you know, and I, I really like that because I think a lot of us get in this delineation of I'm running a half marathon, I better achieve when and you can in fact run a half marathon with a goal of, you know, a great picture or not feeling wasted at the end or right. not being injured at the end. Right. And then, you know, six months down the line, you can have a goal of ripping it up. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. I like, I like that a lot. I think that's a really important because it's, sometimes hard to even takes a time to think about that right right <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know it's busy lives so yeah. well cool well now we're going to have um sage and molly ask us questions that you all from the audience wrote for us so um thanks for putting in your questions and um i think sage might have gotten a couple more cards than molly so you you all go right. first sage yeah this is a question from Kari. She says, I loved your first three books. Do you have any new books in the works? <laughs> <laughs> Starting with a Whopper. Uh, writing a book, uh, I mean, is like running a 100-mile race, mm. right? Uh-huh, yeah. As Sage can attest and Sarah can attest, right? Yeah. It's useful to have a buddy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, no, it was when I... Um, uh, fractured my ankle in four places here in Spokane uh, a year ago. People were like, oh, you can write a book about it. I'm like, th that makes my ankle hurt worse to have <laughs> to say that. So um, I think Dimity might have a couple books left in her. I, I mean, I love to write and I love to write books. So, um, but I do not have one in the works right now. I have some ideas um, to be determined. Stay tuned. Don't we all hope Dimity writes a triathlon book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants a triathlon book? I do. Thank you. Thank I, you, Molly. I, I really like the uh, Another Mother Runner uh, training plans. Uh -huh. And I, when I was doing my sprint triathlon, uh, I was looking for plans, and I couldn't find anything as uh, cohesive as mm -hmm. the Another Mother plans. And I, I'd really like for you to write a book. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. I will say I'm really excited. Um, so it's September right now. In January, we are going to launch our first triathlon plans in the Train Like a Mother Club. We've got oh, two okay. awesome... Um, mother runner coaches out of Chicago who are super, super accomplished athletes and but very much embrace the, you know, do be the best you can today mentality. Um, we also have, since I have you guys here, we are going to do an ultra plan too. I'm really excited about that. We're going to have a really fun ultra program. Ultra. 
I know. Oh. I'm not running. I'm supporting. I'm really good at being a crew member. Like 50K or 50K, 50 miler or 100 miler. Oh. Who's in? Who's in? Anybody? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, your question. Molly. <laughs> Okay, this one is from Molly Miller, so how can I not read this question, right? What is your average weekly mileage? Oh, um, I'd say uh, 24 to 32 miles, um, if I'm not training for a race, yeah. Um, wow. Oh. <laughs> Aren't you there, Molly? <laughs> I know, right? Don't you guys run every run together? <laughs> I never keep track. Uh, I only know that because it's you know, Strava or some other online counter that tells me that. My job is to complain about everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, my mileage has gone up significantly since I've started heart rate training. Um, I put my average weekly mileage on Strava at 29, which is, um, as Sarah well knows, I'd rather aim low and overachieve than not meet my goal. So, and 29 feels really doable, like in that, um, you know, with a long run on the weekend and four runs during the week, I can pretty much get there. And I love it every time. I'm like, oh, I beat 29 again. Look at me. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so I'm somewhere, I mean, I'm really like, you know, if I'm injured, I will be under 29. If I'm not, I'll be in the 31, 32. Um, and that feels good. Yeah, awesome. This is a question from Cassie. Hashtag found change. <laughs> Who found the last money on a run? <laughs> Yeah, so that, that was that was small in the quarter. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were having a pretty dismal month up until those two quarters though this week. You had to bring that up, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> I think you said you had a penny before that. Two pennies. <laughs> <laughs> so Dim, is it true that you have never found change on a run? You've never found money? I I will say probably not never, but it's been so few and far between that it doesn't even ring in my head. I just and I, I very well probably have run by $10 bills and quarters and all those things. I just don't register it, right? Like, it just doesn't, I don't know. No, it's not, it's not my thing, but I love Timothy it. Timothy needs yours. a running partner. What's that? You need a running partner I to do. find the change that you're I need Mason, by. my dog, to freaking, like, you know, instead of chasing the squirrels, find the change, right? <laughs> so this question is from Robin uh, Pettit. And Robin asks, what motivates you to push through injuries? Um, as the, Sarah's had a couple injuries and I've had a couple to the ninth degree yeah. <laughs> that you had. Um, you know, I, every, I have been very fortunate. I'm almost going on, I should knock, going on almost, well, I hurt my foot, I guess, in, in May. So I guess I'm not going on that long of an injury-free streak. But um, I, always question why I'm coming back. I always question why I care so much and um, about this thing that, you know, I'm never gonna win my age group in, in a race. I'm never gonna run, you know, a sub seven minute mile. I'm never gonna achieve glory in running. And yet it still calls me on a daily basis. And, um, and so when I'm coming back from injury, um, especially those first couple weeks back where you feel completely out of shape, you feel like your body doesn't belong to you anymore, you can't find a rhythm, it's really hard. And then all of a sudden one day you go and you're just like, oh my God, I haven't felt that in so long and I'm so glad I just did. And that's, you know, I mean, so getting through the injuries, I mean, we've got a lot of, you know, and all the challenges, we've got a lot of Facebook pages going and there's, you know, 
running, running is going to bring injuries. Like there's no plan that's not going to get you injured for some reason. Um, and everybody, you know, who's going through it, you know, I remember there's a woman named Leslie right now who's got plantar fasciitis and the traditional marathon plan. And I just want to just go hug her and be like, it is okay. Because when you're in the middle of it, it feels like your world is just crumbling. And it's so hard to see six months from now, picturing yourself that you're going to be out on a joyous run and you're just going to feel like a rock star again. So I don't know if I really answered the question, but I just think, you know, I just keep coming back to it because it's a thing that sustains me. You've rejoiced in your recoveries. I really have. I mean, because every time you come back, I mean, it's like being reborn almost, right? Because it's finding this thing that you know is there, but you've forgotten how much it means. Yeah. Uh, that was a beautiful answer, so I'm not going to sully it by saying <laughs> Thank <anymore>. you. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question from our friend Carol. What is the most popular magazine article either of you have written? Um, I like that question. So Dimity and I used to both be freelance magazine writers. Um, that's how we became friends. Uh, and um, I have, well, you know, I, I love two. Um, one's not a magazine article. I am extremely proud of the fact that I had, um, I broke the news of Kara Goucher's pregnancy in the New York Times on Mother's Day on the front page of the sports section of the Sunday New York Times. And I grew up in Connecticut, so to me, uh, the New York Times is the ultimate. Um, so, and also because I kept it secret for a really long time. Uh, <laughs> More um, importantly. That, um, so I'd been let in to know it and, and just they kept putting it off, putting it off. I forget why they wanted to delay the news, and so finally I got to break it. So, um, And then the other thing that if my husband Jack were here, he would want me to say this, is that um, I uh, had a feature in Playboy magazine, <laughs> and it was um, the December 1999 issue, and um, it had China, the um, pro wrestler, um, female pro wrestler. Oh yeah, look at that, Sage knows who China is. Um, I think she's no longer with us. Exactly, yeah. Um, R.I.P. China. And uh, so she, uh, it was um, a feature predicting kind of the, you know, the future of what the new um, millennia would bring in terms of fitness trends. And so they sent um, a professional photographer out to take my picture for the contributors page. And I, of course, had to wear a leather jacket because, you know, you got to wear leather when you're a playboy. <laughs> and nothing else. Yeah. And um, so Jack, Jack and I were engaged at the time. We actually got engaged in December of 99. And he was so proud that his fiance, that his fiance's picture was in Playboy magazine. <laughs> And, uh, and so I remember, though, that we had the, uh, so we lived in San Francisco at the time, and we um, proudly displayed the magazine on our coffee table, <laughs> and, his, and his friend, uh, Ted Mongo Glenn from Colgate, um, who has a rather um, buttoned-up wife, she, they came out to visit us for the first time ever, and... Um, she, I could tell she was just kind of like looking at like, wh wh why do they have their porn out on the out on the coffee table? <laughs> so yeah, so that's my. Show. I can't top that. I, I don't. Know. I got nothing. She gives a beautiful poetic answer. I give the one. <laughs> this question is a very bad segue. Okay, oh my goodness. What is your favorite pre-race breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, My, I mean, a pre-race breakfast um, usually involves banana and peanut butter in some form, either peanut butter on a banana or um, like a whole wheat English muffin, peanut butter, banana on that. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you edit that out for the podcast. 
Um, I have gone through phases. I used to really like steel cut oats with some oatmeal or with uh, some yogurt in it. And now some I'm, oatmeal with some yeah, oatmeal. Yeah, oatmeal on oatmeal. <laughs> and uh, now I really like uh, Greek yogurt with fruit and homemade granola. Yeah. The so. key is you got to get up early enough so that you have that that breakfast pretty well digested before you hit the starting line and practice that a couple times before yeah. in your long runs. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I have an iron stomach, so yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I can eat that right before I head out the door, but yeah. Um, Sage? This is a nice, are you asking me about Yeah, food? no, 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 no. Right, that's yeah. like uh, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nice question from Michelle. My husband and I are both runners. Do you have any advice for how to balance running training? Uh, do you balance two training schedules at once, or do you take turns? That's, that's Dems. That's me. Um, my husband, Grant, right now is training for the New York City Marathon. And I think it really depends upon the age of your children. When our kids were ankle biters and needed somebody home all the time, our kids are 10 and 13 now, so they can stay home by themselves. So it's a little bit easier now, and we don't have to balance as much. I'm training for some races. He's training for some races. It's still a little bit of a touch and grow, like the other weekend, he's like, I'm gonna run long on Saturday morning. I'm so sick of thinking about, he usually was running long on Sunday mornings. He's like, I'm so sick of thinking about it all weekend and dreading it, and I just wanna get it done so I can enjoy the rest of my weekend. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll take the hit. I'll go Sunday. And holy cow, Saturday sucked. <laughs> I was like, I want my Saturdays back. I want my Saturdays back. Um, so, but when they were little, like, I, of course, I'm always like instituting new rules around our house. I'm like, the new rule is no criticizing each other. The new rule is, you know, we're having eggs for breakfast every morning, whatever. It lasts about a week. And so my rule was always, um, you know, we've got to take turns. And Grant kind of respected that, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden he'd come in and say, okay, well, my training cycle starts right now. And I would be like, but wait a second, I'm in my like, hardest week of training for a half marathon or whatever. But I do think it's important um, I think it's really good to have a partner that knows and respects your lifestyle and, and values it as much as you do. Um, but I think it's important to have that conversation. You kind of figure it out, what works for you guys. But I, rotating makes the most sense. But when he's on his cycle, you don't get off on your cycle. You just get to cut way back, right? I do have to say, so Jack is not a runner, but... Um, Water aerobics. Yeah, no, he's, <laughs> he's left that dim. I don't even think I've told you this. Um, he plays on a, a baseball team. Yeah, I knew oh, that. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he, um, so, uh, but his games are whenever they are. He, he um, every so often will say he's going out after dinner to, you know, meet friends at the park to throw a ball. And I was like, is that like, like a lie? Like, are you out there like meeting a girlfriend? And then when he wears the baseball pants to do it, I'm like, yeah, you, no respectful. <laughs> I don't want to be seeing you. So, and, and also, one time was uh, out on a walk. I went to the library and there's Jack with his buddies, like, you know, fielding, you know, ground balls and all that stuff. Shagging ground balls, is that what you do with the ground balls? I don't know. Um, so I, I didn't go to a single one of his games for the record. Um, yeah. Oh, no. support, has he come to your races? <laughs> mm. uh, not often. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this question is from Jennifer Winstrom and she asks, how do you rebound from a tough run? Um, well, immediately I do the dynamic flexibility drills because those make a tough run really recede into the background. And people can find those online. Yeah, so you can, um, Dathan Ritzenheim, who's a um, 
professional runner. He was um, tried to make the Olympics. Uh, he, he demos them with Ryan, the winner of the first Bachelorette. I don't know why he's in that video, and they never acknowledge that that's who it is. It's that firefighter he, who's in Vail. He plays the average He, he guy. married Tristan. It's the only one that's ever gotten married, am I right, from the Bachelorette or Bachelor? Yeah, and I think yeah. they're still And he married. wears this dumb bandana. He doesn't even look hot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So uh, they demo it, and it's um, you know just really peppy, dynamic stretches, and um, it just really makes, uh, gosh, stiffness go away pretty quickly. I mean, you know, still feel tight somewhat, but um, you know. Do you want to show us? Yeah. No, I do not. I do not want to demo any of them. No. Um, But uh, you know, um, I. I, um, I'm a peppy person, so I, I don't really need much more than that to rebound. Yeah, and um, I'm not as peppy as Sarah, but um, I don't need much to rebound either. I mean, I really believe that running uh, mimics life and racing mimics life, and it ebbs and it flows. And in order for the tide to go out or the tide to come back in again, it's got to go out. Um, And so a bad run that you have on a random Saturday means maybe you're not going to have a bad run on your race Saturday, right? Um, Or maybe you have a bad run on a race Saturday, and then you have an amazing run three weeks later. I try not to attach too much importance to anything and remember that I get to be out there. Mm-hmm. One more question with that. Do you guys both ice bath? I haven't ice bathed in a long time. I find those dynamic flexibility drills really. But you used to. And I how, used to, yeah. How about you? I did recently. Um, it depends upon the state of my legs. I've been having some knee problems recently and it's just achy. It's not, like I can tell it's not an injury waiting to happen. It's probably just me being 44 and having run for 25 years. So I ice bath recently. Um, I don't know. I go back and forth. You know, whatever. Yeah, makes my hands too cold to take an ice bath. Oh, I think it's awful. I can't. Do you guys ice bath? Is anybody ice bath? No? Some people do. do you you yeah. like it? You, you like it. Ugh. Who hates it? I hate ice bath. Oh. <laughs> oh. I do Would wish I had. Would you rather be sore? <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be sore. I'd rather be sore. Yeah, sure. Because I wrote a book on athletic recovery called The Athlete's Guide to Recovery. It has a whole chapter on cold and, uh, and on heat. And this is my study conclusion. I think ice bath is hazing. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do. I think it's just a perpetuation of hazing. And if you look at the science, it's not really there to support mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. ice bath. But because it was done to you, you're going to recommend it to other people. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. You heard it from Sage Roundtree. Yeah. You don't have to ice bath. Yeah. You move right to beer. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. Put Apparently that's what in New Zealand they call icing from ice the inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> beer, beer's good carbs, right? Yeah. I mean, it's hydration. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Molly, you sound like me, man. <laughs> Carrot cake and beer. That's all you need. <laughs> Uh, so we are going to head on over to the train like a mother club corner and Dimity's gonna read that from her phone from my phone the glamour um, This came in today. Um, I believe Tamara Patton is in the marathon heart rate program. She's definitely she is okay um, So and it's off-topic, but I really love the message that she gives in this um, So she says off-topic. I live in Canada and I'm watching the social unrest in the US from afar My parents live in Charlotte, North Carolina, about a block from the protests. My sister is a general surgeon there and is bracing for a difficult day in the OR. In addition to being a surgeon, my sister is a mother runner. She thinks of every patient's mother before she removes bullets or stitches knife wounds. 
I don't know how she manages uh, to keep her sanity when she has to tell a family that her efforts weren't successful. If you live in Tulsa, Columbus, Charlotte, or any of the other cities in mourning today, I'm sending you positive vibes. On any given day, I feel so fortunate to obsess about my training. Today, I'm even more grateful. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Lucky us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, well, I'm going to make this brief. We've gone on for quite a while here, but um, if you enjoyed this live podcast, please let us know on social media and follow us while you're at it. On Facebook, we are Another Mother Runner, and on Twitter and Instagram, we are at The Mother Runner. Thank you so much for joining us, and many happy miles. <laughs>